Well, good morning to you. Boy, what a weekend it was. Wow. Uh, Monday, October 10th, 2022. Monday, October 10th, 2022. Slava Ukraine, Heroium Slava, PVTV, Political Views TV Podcast. That's what you Google to find me. Uh, tell your friends to uh, Google Political Views TV Podcast and I'll show up right at the top of the search. Man, do I appreciate you coming every day. Uh, and I appreciate the fact that someone Someone listened to proof that I said what would happen. Anyway, if you can, please bring someone along with you uh, today or tomorrow. That would be awesome. And tweet to me questions, insights, or come fight with me at Cyberclops, C-Y-B-E-R-C-L-O-P-S, or send me a story, whatever you want to do. That Anything's fine. Uh, say hi to me if you want. <clears throat> oh, gosh, boy, do I need something to clear my throat. It's been a long morning. So, how many times did I say the bridge between Crimea and Russia was a target? I said a small group of special forces could go in there and take it out. That would mean Russians could retreat, but would not be able to take their equipment with them. Well, it happened. And when I heard... I was I was clenching my fist and screaming, yeah, you know, <laughs> you know that thing you do? Uh, I saw the video and it looked like a uh, truck bomb, uh, which means it could have been a suicide mission. I don't know anything. I don't know the details. Uh, the Kerch uh, Strait Bridge between Crimea and Russia over the uh, connecting waterway between the Black Sea and the Sea of Azov was taken out. Sources are reporting, and eh, not completely, it can be repaired. Sources are reporting that Ukraine special forces did it. Who here among us said this was going to happen? Hmm. Has the Ukraine armed forces been listening to my podcast? Okay. I can't take credit. They've been trying to take out that bridge for a while. They've been, you know, uh, the bridge explosions sent this war into overdrive. In 2018, Putin opened that bridge to much ballyhoo as a symbol to the unification of illegally annexed Crimea with Russia. It was his baby. This bridge was not just a tactical strike. It was seen by Putin as a personal attack and Russia is now severely hobbled. Plus it shows Putin is weak. There have been smaller attacks on the Kerch Bridge but nothing quite like this. From what I understand the bridge is partially repaired and uh, they're saying traffic continues. At least that's what Russia says. But satellite imagery says that ferries have been working overtime. So I don't know that it's true. Uh, I'm not there. I can't tell you. Uh, Putin was pissed. He ordered his forces to respond specifically. Uh, Russian forces launched a wide-ranging attack on Ukraine today, bombarding at least 10 cities, including Kyiv, in an assault seen as retaliation for the uh, bridge. 
In a video release Sunday, Putin called the deadly blast on the 12-mile strategic bridge as an act of terrorism aimed at destroying critically important civilian infrastructure. Uh, and that's not civilian infrastructure. Not many people use that bridge. That's for, that's for you to bring arms into Crimea. Uh, Putin said, this was devised, carry out, carried out, and ordered by Ukrainian special services. Uh, however, you know, Ukraine has not claimed responsibility for the bridge attack, although officials posted several comments mocking Russia on social media. Uh, and the Ukrainian uh, post office has issued yet another commemorative stamp. In fact, go buy some and send them to me. That would be nice of you. <laughs> I'll send you my address. Just, just let me know. Uh, Reuters reported that Russian forces struck cities across Ukraine during rush hour, uh, firing cruise missiles into busy intersections, intersections, parks, and tourist sites in the uh, center of downtown Kiev, um, taking out a bridge with hardly anyone on it was a tactical strike to stop Russia from supplying its truth, troops. Not a terrorist attack, as Putin described. And, and mistakenly on CBS News, I, I'm, sure, I'm sure she didn't, uh, Anne-Marie did not mean to say that, that it uh, was a terrorist strike. She said it second-handedly, not directly. Um, <clears throat> however, sending cruise missiles into a major city targeting parks and tourist destination, destinations during rush hour is terrorism. Explosions were also reported in Lviv, Ternopil, Zitomir and in Ukraine, Ukraine's west, Dnipro and Kremenchuk in central Ukraine, Zaporizhia in the south, and Kharkiv in the east. Ukraine's president Vladimir Zelensky uh, said the uh, the Russia hour attacks appear to have been deliberately timed to kill people, citizens. Ukrainian authorities said that at least five people were killed in the attack. Zelensky said today that Russia used missiles and Iran-made drones to target civilians and Ukraine's energy infrastructure in the series of deadly strikes. Zelensky said in a video address, This morning is difficult. We are dealing with terrorists, dozens of missiles, and Iranian shahids. Those are those uh, suicide drones. They have two targets. Energy facilities throughout the country. The second target is people. They want panic and chaos. They want to destroy our energy system. He added, there may be temporary power outages now, but there will never be an interruption in our confidence, our confidence in victory. The Ukraine military said in a statement, the Iranian drones were launched from Belarus. They said... The enemy used Iranian Shahid-136 UAVs and strikes launched from the territory of Belarus and the Crimean Peninsula annexed by Russia. Uh, General Valery Zaluzny said on uh, social media, the terrorist country Russia has carried out massive missile and airstrikes in the territory of Ukraine, also using attack drones. In the morning, the aggressor launched 75 missiles. 41 of them were shot down by our air defense. At least eight people were killed and 24 injured 
in just one of Kyiv's strikes, according to a preliminary information. Uh, Reuters also reported today Ukraine's President Volodymyr Zelensky's office was destroyed by a missile strike. He wasn't there, of course. Ukraine's foreign minister, Dmitry Kuliba, cut short his Africa trip and said in tweets, multiple Russian missile strikes across Ukraine. Putin's only tactic is to is terror on peaceful Ukrainian cities, but he will not break Ukraine down. This is also his response to all appeasers who want to talk with him about peace. Putin is a terrorist who talks with missiles. Uh, Ukraine's defense ministry said it will seek revenge for Russia miss, Russian missile attacks that have hit cities across the country. The ministry said on its Facebook, there is is sacrifice amongst people and destruction. The enemy will be punished for the pain and death brought upon our land. We will get our revenge. <clears throat> Boy, a lot of responses, by the way, and we'll get to them in a second. Uh, Ukraine's president says he will address an urgent meeting of the G7 countries following Russia's missile strikes across Ukraine. Uh, and you know what? I, I'm betting Zelensky is going to ask for more sanctions against Belarus for those uh, drone strikes. Uh, Zelensky said on Twitter that he had spoken to German Chancellor Olaf Scholz, who has agreed to hold the meeting. Uh, Germany currently has the rotating uh, G7 uh, presidency. Uh, Zelensky tweeted, agreed with Chancellor Olaf Scholz of Germany holding presidency of G7. Presidency of G7 on an urgent meeting of the group. My speech is scheduled in which I'll tell about the terrorist attacks by the Russian Federation. We also discuss the issue of increasing pressure on RF, referring to the Russian Federation, and aid in restoring damaged infrastructure. Uh, Francis, and let, let's get on with what the world has said. <clears throat> Mind you, this is a this was a bridge that I think no one no one uh, directly died, except for maybe Ukrainian people, okay, uh, uh, who were carrying out the assault. Uh, Francis, president, has promised to increase military aid for Ukraine during a call with uh, Zelensky. Macron's office said in a statement following the call, the president spoke of his extreme concern about strikes that have caused civilian victims. He reaffirmed his full and complete support for Zelensky and the commitment of France to increase its support for Ukraine in line with the needs expressed by Kyiv, including in terms of military equipment. Macron has reportedly said the deliberate strikes by Russia over the whole of Ukraine's territory and against civilians, it's a profound change in the nature of the war. Belgium's prime minister has condemned Russia's bombardment of Kyiv and other Ukrainian city, cities calling the attacks reprehensible. Alexander de Croo tweeted, it's an unaccepted escalation adding that the deadly missile strikes would strengthen Belgium's resolve to support Ukraine. Moldova's foreign minister has said three cruise missiles fired by Russia at Ukraine crossed Moldovan airspace today. Those must have been the um, uh, missiles that hit Kyiv because uh, if it's coming from the Black Sea, uh, on the western side of the Black Sea, it would have to cross Moldovan airspace. Uh, he added that 
he has summoned Russia's ambassador to explain the infringement. Uh, Niku uh, Popescu tweeted, Three cruise missiles launched on Ukraine this morning from Russian ships in the Black Sea crossed Moldova's airspace. I instructed that Russian ambassador be summoned to provide an explanation. Uh, Poland's foreign minister has denounced Russian missile strikes across Ukraine as an act of barbarism and a war crime. Zbigniew Rao tweeted, Today's Russian bombing of Ukrainian cities and civilians is an act of barbarism and a war crime. Russia cannot win this war. We stand behind you, Ukraine. Italy's foreign minister said Italy is appalled by Russia's vile missile strikes on several Ukrainian cities. Uh, They tweeted, we reiterate our unwavering and steadfast support for Ukraine and its people. And of course, that is a fascist leader there. Uh, Germany's Defense Minister Christine Lambrecht said in a statement, Germany will deliver the first of four I- Iris TSLM air defense systems to Ukraine within days following Russia's barrage of missile attacks. The renewed missile fire on Kyiv and the many other cities show how important it is to supply Ukraine with air defense systems quickly. Russia's attacks with missiles and drones terrorize the civilian population in particular. That is why we are now providing support, especially with air defense weapons. The European Commission has condemned Russia's missile strikes on several Ukrainian cities as barbaric and cowardly. Peter Stano, a spokesperson uh, for uh, European Union executive arm, told a regular news briefing the strikes were contravention of international humanitarian law and amounted to a further escalation of the war in Ukraine that was totally unacceptable. Referring to a complaint by Moldova's uh, three cruise missiles fired by Russia had violated its airspace, Stano said, using the airspace of neighboring countries to attack uh, Ukraine was also unacceptable. He tweeted, such acts have no place in, 20, uh, in uh, 21st century. I condemn them in the strongest possible terms. We stand with Ukraine. Additional military support from the EU is on its way. Russia really made a mistake this time. In other words, suddenly everybody's really beginning to rally. NATO Secretary Jen, uh, Secretary General Jen Stoltenberg has condemned Russia's missile strike on Ukraine, slamming the attacks as horrific. Stoltenberg tweeted, uh, everybody was tweeting uh, over the weekend. Everybody was tweeting. He tweeted, spoke with Foreign Minister Dmitry Kuliba and condemned Russia's horrific and indiscriminate attacks on civilian infrastructure in Ukraine. NATO will continue supporting the brave Ukrainian people to fight back against Kremlin's aggression for as long as it takes. A spokesman for UN Secretary General Antonio Guterres, Stefan Lujarek, has said, Russia's deadly missile attacks on cities across Ukraine represent another unacceptable escalation of war. As always, civilians are paying the highest price. 
Biden has condemned the Russian missile attacks across Ukraine, saying these attacks only further reinforce our commitment to stand with the people of Ukraine for as long as it takes, vowing to continue to provide support for Ukrainian forces to defend their country and their freedom. He added that the attacks demonstrate the utter brutality of Mr. Putin's illegal war on the Ukrainian people. U.S. Secretary of State Anthony Blinken has said he spoke with Ukraine's Foreign Minister Dmitry Kaliba and reiterated Washington's support for Kyiv after Russia's horrific strikes. Blinken tweeted, We will continue to provide unwavering economic, humanitarian, and security assistance so Ukraine can defend itself and take care of its people. After just reopening the embassy, The United States Embassy in Kyiv has called on U.S. citizens in the country to shelter in place amid Russian missile attacks and depart Ukraine when it is safe to do so. The embassy tweeted, Russia continues strikes in Ukraine pose a direct threat to civilians and civilian infrastructure. The embassy urges U.S. citizens to shelter in place, depart Ukraine now using privately available ground transportation options when it is safe to do so. And by the way, I also read this morning that Germany's embassy in Ukraine was bombed. They were closed. Nobody was there. But still. Um, Poland has urged its citizens in Belarus to leave the country as tensions between the pair increase. The Polish government said in guidance for travelers, we recommend that Polish citizens staying on the territory of the Republic of Belarus leave its territory with available commercial and private means. In Zaporizhia, uh, Zaporizhia, Russia again bombed infrastructure and knocked out the power needed for the nuclear power plant to keep things cool. The Russian-occupied Zaporizhia nuclear power plant in Ukraine was forced to switch to emergency diesel generators after that overnight shelling disconnected the facility from the electric uh, the electric grid. Uh, Petro Kotin. The head of Ukraine's public nuclear enterprise, Energodom, told BBC World News, if the generators run out of fuel, they will stop, and after that there will be a disaster. There will be a melting of the active core and a release of radioactivity from there. He said, right now, we are working on logistics to supply more fuel for these generators. Although... All six nuclear reactors at the Zaporizhia plant have been shut down as of last month. They still require a constant supply of electricity to keep spent nuclear fuel rods cool and prevent a catastrophic meltdown. The International Atomic Energy Agency, IAEA, which left a pair of independent observers at the facility last month following a week-long site visit, confirmed that the plant had switched to its diesel generators after shelling at around 1 a.m., cut the main uh, 750 uh, kilovolt line supplying external power to the plant. IAEA Director General Rafael Grossi said in a statement that the resumption of shelling hitting the plant's sole source of external power is tremendously irresponsible. The Zaporizhia nuclear power plant must be protected. Uh, He added... He will soon travel to the Russian Federation and then return to Ukraine to agree on a nuclear safety and security protection zone around the plant. This is an absolute and urgent imperative. Uh, 
The external power line to Ukraine's Zaporizhia nuclear power plant was repaired yesterday. The Inter- International Atomic Energy Agency said the, uh, the, uh, the line was reconnected to the plant on Sunday evening following repair work by Ukrainian engineers. That enabled the plant to start switching off the generators that had kicked in early Saturday. IAEA Director General Rafael Grossi, uh, Grossi tweeted that the uh, uh, the uh, reconnection was a temporary relief in a in a still un- untenable situation. So it's really bad. And you know what? This brings up questions to me. I mean, they say that nuclear power now is, is safe. And and we've talked about the, uh, uh, the sun sending out pulses. And uh, like the pulse of, what was that, 1861? 1851? What was, when was that pulse that knocked out telegraph? If one of those happened now, how would power plants cool themselves? Right? Anyway. Oh, boy. I, I'm still going. Let me drink some coffee here. Hold on. I actually made a mocha this morning. I haven't had chocolate in a long time. Uh, Putin desperately wants Belarus to help. Belarus President Lukashenko supports Russia, but the people and the military do not support the war. Lukashenko is being seen as weak and a problem. Each time news comes out of Belarus uh, that uh, that they could possibly get involved. Uh, being a supporter of Russia is being seen as uh, being a lapdog like Lavrov, right? Lukashenko is being squeezed by both sides and there is really nothing he can do politically. The people of Belarus are getting the real news. They don't like this war. According to state-run Belta News Agency, Belarusian President Alexander Lukashenko has said Belarus and Russia will deploy a joint military task force in response to what he called an aggravation of tension on the country's, country's western borders. Now, the people know that that... There is no tension from Ukraine that Belarus is, is uh, causing the tension. Lukashenko said today the two countries had started pulling forces together two days ago, apparently after the bridge explosion. Uh, state news agency uh, Belta quoted Lukashenko as saying, I've said already that today Ukraine is not just discussing but planning strikes on the territory of Belarus. But we know this is not true because it would be suicide for Zelensky to do that. International support would dry up immediately if Zelensky attacked Belarus without first being attacked by them. Uh, Lukashenko said, we have agreed to deploy a regional grouping of Russian Federation and Republican of Belarus. The president said Belarus must have plans in advance to counter all kinds of scoundrels who were trying to drag us into the fight. But it is doubtful Lukashenko would survive politically if he joined Russia in the fight. It is doubtful he might get overthrown. Now, there is already an attempt against him to overthrow him. You think it can't happen again? Think again. Don't forget, this just happened. I, we reported on this a couple years ago, right? And let's not forget about false flags. Russia 
could make a false flag against Belarus and cause them to enter the war. But there seems to be some cracks in support. The Central Asian nation of Kyrgyzstan yesterday unilaterally canceled joint military drills between the six nations making up the Russian-led Collective Security Treaty Organization, the uh, CSTO, uh, less than a day before they were due to start on its territory. The Kyrgyz Defense Ministry did not specify the reason for canceling the Indestructible Brotherhood, as they're they're, uh, called. Uh, They're trying to make their own NATO. Uh, the, uh, the Indestructible Brotherhood 22 Command and staff exercises which were set to be held in the country's uh, windswept eastern highlands today to, through Friday. According to a report, the exercises were set to involve Armenia, Belarus, Kazakhstan, Kyrgyzstan, Russia, and Tajikistan. Not so fast. We'll see if all the others uh, uh, I, I assume they've already started today, but but um, at least Kyrgyzstan, no, they would not. Now that I have your attention, let's move on. Let's try and fix the rest of the world. A lot, a lot more in uh, Ukraine than the rest of the world going on. Let me tell you. Uh, anyway, after OPEC's uh, decision last week, we knew it was coming. Representative Ro Khanna and Senator Richard Blumenthal of Connecticut, a Ro Khanna of California, teamed up on a bill to block all U.S. weapons sales to Saudi Arabia. Yep. In an op-ed for Politico, Khanna, Ro Khanna uh, from California, Blumenthal from Connecticut, and and Yale School of Management professor Jeffrey Sonnenfeld argued that OPEC and Russia's move to cut oil production by 2 million barrels per day starting in November will worsen global inflation, undermine successful efforts in the U.S. to bring bring down the price of gas, and help fuel Putin's unprovoked invasion of Ukraine. They wrote the Saudi... and, And you know what? This is all to divide the United States. They want. They don't want Biden to be reelected. They want Putin's buddy in there, right? Wouldn't Wouldn't that be great for for uh, Putin if Trump was in there? Because Trump would pull out of Ukraine immediately. He would immediately stop supplying them weapons. You know he would. Anyway, they wrote. The Saudi decision was a pointed blow to the U.S., but the U.S. also has a way to respond. It can promptly pause the massive transfer of American warfare technology into the eager hands of Saudis. And Saudis want it bad. They do. Uh, That is why we are proposing bicameral legislation in the Senate and House on Tuesday, uh, tomorrow, that will immediately halt all U.S. arms sales to Saudi Arabia. This has been tried before by then, and of course, the burn is supportive. Bernie Sanders, of course, he's always supportive of this. He's been trying to do it for quite some time. In the past, it didn't pass. As they said, due to intense bipartisan Blowback to Saudi's collusion with Russia. We think this time is different. Based on our conversations with colleagues, our legislation is already garnering bipartisan support in both chambers. And remember, I cannot mention this enough. 
in 2020, I believe it was 2020, in Mar- was it March in 2020 or April of 2020? I, it was sometime, was it 2019? I forget it. Trump threatened Saudi Arabia with taking away their arms if they did not lower production. This was in 2020. I remember now, it was in 2020. They, he threatened them to lower production because oil companies were not making enough money. That's why he threatened them. Trump did that. He wanted them to lower production, just like they did now. And that's what they did. Just 10 days after Trump threatened them, they lowered production. That's your president, former president, what he did. I should mention, the U.S. drills more oil than any country in the world, including Saudi Arabia. And we could make gas prices go down to less than two bucks a gallon if we stopped exporting refined fuel completely, which would cause gas prices to fall and stop the oil companies from making trillions in profits at our expense. Ooh, man. Am I angry about this? You think? Uh, moving on. Republican leader, Kevin McCarthy. <laughs> oh, man. He was caught on tape in an incredible lie. Uh, during a private meeting last summer, House Minority Leader, Kevin McCarthy, who might be the House Majority Leader starting in January if they take the House, uh, told two police officers who defended the U.S. Capitol on January 6, uh, 2021 at the insurrection, and the mother of a third who died after the riot, that former President Donald Trump had no idea his supporters were carrying out the attack. Testimony. We all know Trump was watching. He knew also. Testimony to the House Select Committee on January 6 revealed that Trump watched TV for hours as the rioters engaged in that brutal fight with law enforcement during the insurrection. This meeting wasn't right after the attack when nothing was confirmed. This was in June, long after we knew what happened. But McCarthy did not know he was being recorded. McCarthy maintained Trump was unaware of the violence inside the Capitol when he spoke with Trump by phone that afternoon. He also appeared to take credit for getting the then-president to make a late-afternoon public statement urging his supporters to go home. McCarthy said during the June 2021 meeting that was recorded, he said, and you can hear it, this is all over the news, you can listen to him saying it himself. He said, I'm just telling you from my phone call, I I don't know that he did know that, uh, referring uh, to the insurrectionist. The audio recorded by uh, Officer Fanon at the time was detailed in his new book titled, yeah, there's a new book, Hold the Line. It's coming out this week. You might want to get a copy. Hold, and, and you know what? I hear it's actually pretty good, which means he probably had a ghostwriter. I can't see this guy writing a book. I looked at him. I just got that feeling that he didn't... He probably had a ghostwriter. I'm sure of it. It's called Hold the Line, The Insurrection, and One Cop's Battle for America's Soul. D.C. is a single-party consent jurisdiction for recordings, meaning it is legal for one party to record another 
without permission. Which means I look forward to recording my phone calls with my representative Adam Schiff when he starts BSing about what he didn't do right. Um, uh, I digress. Uh, Fanon said in the in the book, the only reason McCarthy had agreed to meet with us was because he'd uh, been getting heat for refusing to see me. Fanon said this morning while being interviewed, he saw how he had deviated from his original statements immediately after January 6th to seize upon the politics of the moment. But I'm glad I recorded it. That's why I recorded it. Was because I didn't expect Kevin McCarthy to, number one, tell the truth, number two, recount the conversation accurately, and number three, I wanted to show people how indifferent lawmakers are, not just Republican lawmakers, but all lawmakers uh, to the actual American people that they are representing. Boy, did he call out McCarthy. According to the book, later in the meeting, Fanon also confronted McCarthy about his defense of Trump, telling the Republicans, uh, the Republican leader, while you were on the phone with him, I was getting the shit kicked out of me. I asked McCarthy why he would take credit for Trump's pathetic half-hearted late afternoon video address of his followers. I said, Trump says to his people, this is what happens when you steal an election. Go home. I love you. What the fuck is that? That came from the president of the United States. He wrote, I told McCarthy I felt betrayed by the way some Republicans were twisting a riotous assault on law enforcement officers into a fundraising grift. And we've talked about those fundraising grists, haven't we? We've talked about them numerous times, especially by Trump. He said, it's crap. I said it's disgraceful, noting that McCarthy offered no response. You know, I'm wondering, I'm wondering after he, because he, he retired right after this, right after this, after 20 years on the force, he retired right after this, after the insurrection. And I wonder if he started writing the book and uh, when he was writing the book, the publisher told him to try and go in and talk to McCarthy and bring the recorder with him. I wonder if that's what happened. And I bet it did. I bet that's what happened. Because honestly, I don't see him as as thinking to bring a recorder uh, um, uh, uh, either. I guess we'll hear more about it as the uh, book continues its sales. So after weighing in on Ukraine and Russia, the idiocy of the dolt Elon Musk continued. I think I'm going to tweet that. Dolt Elon Musk today. I think I'm going to do that today. Given in an interview with the Financial Times on Saturday, Musk's suggestion was to figure out a special administrative zone for Taiwan that is reasonably palatable. The ambassador to China... Uh, uh, Quinn Gang said peaceful reunification and one country, two systems are our basic principles for resolving the Taiwan question and the best approach to realizing national reunification. Let's not forget. um, One country, two systems was what they had in Hong Kong before they invaded Hong Kong and took away everybody's rights. So you can't trust China on this. Yet, Elon Musk does. 
Musk's comments united Taiwan's usually divided political environment in rejecting them. It was like Republicans and Democrats getting together to flip the bird all at once. Taiwan's de facto ambassador to the U.S., Xiaobi Kim, said Taiwan's freedom and democracy are not for sale. Any lasting proposal for our future must be determined peacefully, free from coercion and respectful of the democratic wishes of the people of Taiwan. And I called him the de facto ambassador because they don't actually have an ambassador ambassador since they aren't technically recognized as a country even though we support them. It's a fine line, right? Uh, the problem with Elon Musk opening his stupid mouth is he counts on Taiwan for chips for Teslas. Former Taiwan president Mao and, and also China, but former pre- Taiwan president Mao Jingzhu said, Elon Musk's opinion means one country, two systems. I cannot accept this. Chen Shijun, the candidate for the ruling Democratic Progressive Party, and said Musk's comments were ill-informed and belittling and could affect our national security. He said, referring to the availability of Musk's satellite internet service in Ukraine, Elon Musk has brought about revolutionary change through Tesla and SpaceX, even adding Ukraine against the Russian uh, uh, dictatorship through Starlink, aiding Ukraine, rather. I'm calling on Elon to hold himself to the same democratic values regarding Taiwan. What this is, basically, is Musk being super fucking greedy and wanting the Chinese market for chips because he thinks that will make them uh, that uh, 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 they will make them cheaper because he knows China suppresses workers' rights and uses slave labor. A former minister, Lin Chi Lung, accused Musk of being hungry for the Chinese market and Musk is trading with the devil and we will not be affected by his word. Tesla has previously been accused of ignoring human rights abuses in China after it opened a showroom in Xinjiang in January. In the interview, Musk also said... Beijing had sought assurances from him that he would not offer Starlink service in China, just like he did over Ukraine, because China doesn't want their own people knowing what's really going on in the world. And he told, uh, because, because remember, he has a factory there. He doesn't want to lose that money that he's making. And he, and they told Elon Musk, not to put Starlinks in, in orbit or he could uh, run uh, losing his factory in China. Uh, Musk needs to be told on the sly, Musk needs to be told on the sly that uh, there's some investigations into his China manufacturing and he might want to consider moving to another country like maybe Thailand or maybe... Indonesia or South Korea or something like that. (laughs) Um, Beijing is closely aligned with Russia. So he might want to listen to somebody if they tell him that.
I don't know if it's going to happen, but he might want to listen to it. Anyway, whew. 40 minutes, mostly on Russia and Ukraine. Wow, sorry about that. It was just a lot. And then remember, Congress is out right now, so not a lot of stuff is going on there. And a little, a few things. You know, they have to jump together and do things and, and, and react to what's going on in the world, but mostly everything is down right now. But we'll see what happens when they get back after the election. Hopefully it won't be a lame duck uh, Congress. So that's it. Thanks for listening. Monday, October 10th, 2022. Monday, October 10th, 2022. 41 minutes. Not too bad. I really appreciate you so much. Uh, Bring someone with you today or tomorrow. That would be awesome. PVTV, Political Views TV Podcast. That's what you Google to find me. I'll show up right at the top of the search. Tweet to me questions, insights, or come fight with me at Cyberclops, C-Y-B-E-R-C-L-O-P-S. Or maybe you want to give me a story or whatever. And remember, always remember, government profit is measured by the betterment of the people. Don't you ever forget that. I hope you guys had a great weekend and I hope you have a fantastic week. Uh, I'm Peter Lawrence reporting from Los Angeles.